This is a case from the Mumonkan, <coughs> the National Teacher's Three Calls. The case. The National Teacher called his attendant three times. And three times his attendant responded. The National Teacher said, I thought I was standing alone with my back to you. But now I find that you are standing alone with your back to me. Woman's commentary. The national teacher called three times and his tongue dropped to the ground. The attendant responded three times, emitting the answer with light. The national teacher was old and lonely. He held the cow's head and forced it to eat grass. The attendant would have none of it. Delicious food has little attraction for someone who has had enough to eat. Just tell me, where are they standing alone with their backs to each other? When the country is prosperous, persons of talent are esteemed. Children of rich families are too proud to eat plain food. The verse. We must carry on an iron yoke with no hole. It is not a slight matter. The curse is passed on to our descendants. If you want to support the gate and sustain the house, you must climb a mountain of souls with bare feet. So we're wrapping up this year. This is the last time we meet in this format before we open up next year. Or what we call the new year. And for many, this seems uh, an opportunity, right, of renewal, an opportunity to put a closure on everything that happened up to this point. And open a new page, blank page, fresh thought, a new beginning. But this has been quite a year, on many levels, for many of us personally, also in this country, around the world, lots has happened, lots is happening. How can we, how do we let it go? <clears throat> how do we enter fresh and new? when we drag so much old, stale, difficult, muddy. How can the new feel new? We drag different kinds of past events. Some potentially can hold us back and do hold us back. 
There's a kind of past events that amount to just a moment in time. Just a moment in time. Like an opportunity that comes and goes, or a chance encounter with a person or a situation. Events that can produce some emotional residue, regrets, guilt, and they can keep us tight with that moment in time. And regrets are heavy, they're big for us. This reminded me of a story about, about the Dalai Lama who was once interviewed by a psychologist and he asked him about regrets. He said, do you have any regrets? He said, yes. And, uh, and he asked him to tell him about it. And he said, well, a while ago when I was uh, at the monastery, I think it was the abbot, he said there was this old man who came to him and wanted to do yoga, a specific type of yoga that was only for young people. And the Dalai Lama said, well, you know, you're too old for that. You can't really do this kind of yoga. This is for young people. A couple weeks later, the Dalai Lama heard that this guy committed suicide. He thought he'll come back as a younger person and be able to do this yoga. And uh, so then the psychologist looked at him and said, well, how do you live with that? How can you live with that? He said, well, it's there, but I don't let it bother me. It's there, but I don't let it bother me. So it's not that he forgot about it, but he's not feeding it. So it's not that things don't happen, it's not that things that happen do not make us feel differently. They do. But the question is, how can we? What does it mean to not let something bother us? Actually, uh, recently I just uh, read uh, an interview with the Dalai Lama and he was asked if he, you know, about Trump, about the new administration. And he said, I'm not worried about it. I think it's mostly because he chooses to not worry, not because he thinks that it's going to be fine. But that's a different story. <clears throat> so, there's this kind of events. And then there are past events that are not just a moment in time, in a way that they're more like a decision we make, for example, to relocate. And then we have to deal with the consequences. There are very clear consequences as they unravel, not at the time of the decision-making, but later on. And we know that there will be consequences. It's guaranteed. Also the election. And this happened last month. And it's not a moment in time in a way that it will present itself in ways that we cannot see at this moment. 
So we could be tied to the past, to regrets, and many other emotions, and we could be fearful about the future. And with that, with that, we are entering the new and the fresh. How do we do that? And of course, on top of that, there is the, the, all the habitual patterns we have developed during our lives. And the karmic baggage we have inherited from our parents and our ancestry. Some we are aware of, some we are not aware of. So being tied to the past that seems to get heavier as we get older, and worrying about the future that doesn't offer any solace, or at least does not offer a guaranteed peace. How can we enter the new and the fresh? How can we see that the new has a lot to offer. And our eyes are set on the past and future and our minds are preoccupied with lament and fear. Well, the new is always new. It's always available. Always available. But as the years go by, we pile up issues of the past Mix in some guilt, some regret, sprinkle it with a dash of fear. We end up with a huge mountain of garbage. It blocks the eyes, smells bad, and kills any possibility for experiencing freshness. It's what we experience as human beings. We know that this is not foreign territory. And yet, that's where the practice comes in. At that same time, the Dharma is weightless, selfless, unbound. Not looking back, not looking forward. Not holding on, not letting go. It does not grow when we realize it. It does not diminish when we turn away from it. Even if we destroy this planet and no organism survives, the Dharma will be just fine. It is indestructible because it is formless. Only form is destructible. So in that vast, open, unbound Dharma, where do we find worry and lament? Where does it come from? How do we make sense or, or reconcile in our minds practicing a Dharma that is unbound, undefinable, free, open, and at the same time, experiencing fear, lament, worry, 
being so preoccupied, with past, with future, with present too. We keep feeding it. So how do we practice? How do we do that? This koan, the national teacher, Etchu, his name was Etchu, he called his attendant, Oshi. He simply said, Oshi. The attendant said, yes, master. That's all. It's all that happened. And the story says that it happened three times. Now let's stress this a little bit. And play with it. So, somebody calls you, the boss, wherever. You show up, yes. Oh, never mind, never mind. It's okay, I got it. It's under control. Okay, thank you. Ten minutes later, call you again, you show up. Yes, I got it, that's okay, thank you. You can go now. And then the third time, happens again. What happens? How do we feel? How do you feel? What's the difference between the first time, the second, and the third? What is arising, growing in you, in between the first, the second, and the third? It can happen three, four, five, twenty times, and it does. It starts to grind on us. And it starts to accumulate, doesn't it? What the hell does he want? Is he playing with me? Can't he see I'm busy? He has no respect for my time. He, she. Now when we look at this story with conventional eyes, right? We see one, we see two, we see three. And we see that one and two and three are different. And the first one seems light, the second seems a bit heavier, and the third is the heaviest in this sequence, obviously, right? It's building up. But if you put that assumption aside, if you put that assumption aside and you look deeply, you actually begin to see that one is one, two is one, three is one, and a thousand is one. You actually see that nothing really accumulates because how can it accumulate? Just thought about this, remind me that what? When I got into the military in Israel, I wanted to get into this special unit and one of the things that they made us go through a lot of hardship. And one of the things that they made us do, they took us to the beach and they made us fill sandbags with sand and then go into the ocean and dump it and then come back and do it again. 
I think it was like for a few hours actually. And uh, you actually start to think, you know, I mean, is it accumulating? Is it not accumulating? Am I going to end this? What is happening? You know, you put more sand and then it's gone. And it is gone, actually. Uh, nothing really happens, but of course, when, it, you know, when this is going on for an hour, two, three, four hours, although nothing is piling up in the ocean, a lot is piling up in the mind. And physically, you get heavier, you get more tired. So, what is really happening and what is imagined? Or what is added to what is happening? The one may be fresh. The two, not so fresh. The three is already stale. Oshi. Yes, Master. That's it. What does he do? What does he do for you? It's amazing how in the blink of an eye we get trapped and in the blink of an eye we get freed. Well, potentially. Blink of an eye. One word, one letter, one glance. Freedom. One letter, one glance, jail. Could be the same word. Well, it was the same. Oshi. Jack. Jacob. Whatever. So is it a trap? So we enter the new year with baggage of the past, fears of an uncertain future. What I want us to do today is look at these questions, these following questions of seeing fresh versus seeing stale. And ask ourselves, ask yourself, what is trapping you? Can you see that the extras you drag into a fresh start give you a sense of identity? Can you admit that they give you a false sense of identity? What is it that you feel you must carry into the new year? Into the next moment, into tomorrow? Are you willing to ungrasp it? Are you willing to step into to uncharted territory and trust the unknown, naked? We chant, now I return to oneness. What does that mean for you? You just recite the words because we all chant it, because we have to. Or do these words actually mean something? The Buddha advised us all to know how to be satisfied. What does that mean? 
before we go on to opening this up, I'd like to read The Trust in Mind by Saint Sun, the third patriarch. The questions are there and the answers are there too. Being trapped is there, being free is there too. The supreme way is difficult only for those who pick and choose. Simply let go of love and hate. The way will fully reveal itself. The slightest distinction results in difference as great as heaven and earth. For the way to manifest, hold not to likes and dislikes. The contention of likes and dislikes is a disease of the mind. Without realizing the profound principle, it is futile to practice stillness. Intrinsically perfect, like the great void, without lack, without excess. In choosing to grasp or reject, one is blind to suchness. Neither pursue conditioned existence, nor stay in idle emptiness. In oneness and equality, all self-boundaries dissolve. Trying to steal action is an action itself. Still trapped in duality, how can you recognize oneness? Failing to penetrate the meaning of oneness, neither side will function. Banishing existence entwines you in existence. Pursuing emptiness turns you away from it. The more you talk and think, the more you go astray. Seize all speech and thought, then everywhere you are with the way. To attain the principle, return to the source. Pursuing reflections, the essence is lost. Inner illumination, in a moment, surpasses idle emptiness. The appearance of this idle emptiness results entirely from deluded views. No need to search for the truth. Just put to rest all views. Abide not in dualistic views, take heed not to pursue them. As soon as right and wrong arise, the mind is bewildered and lost. Two comes from one. Hold on not even to one. When not even the one thought arises, all dharmas are flawless. Free of flaws, free of dharmas. No rising, no thought. The subject disappears with, his, with its object. The object vanishes without its subject. Objects are objects because of objects. Subjects are subjects because of objects. Know that these two are essentially of one emptiness. The one emptiness unites opposites, equally pervading all phenomena, not differentiating what is fine or coarse. How can there be any preferences? The great way is all-embracing, neither easy nor difficult. The narrow-minded doubt this, in haste, they fall behind. With clinging, one loses judgment and will surely go astray. Let everything follow its own nature. The essence neither goes nor stays. To follow your true nature is to unite with the way. Be at ease. 
and worries will cease. Fixation on thought is unnatural, yet laziness of mind is undesirable. Not wanting to wear down the spirit, why do you hold on or alienate? To enter the one vehicle, be not prejudiced against the six dusts, six senses. To have no prejudice towards the six dusts is to come into true enlightenment. The wise abide in Wu Wei, not do it. The fools entangle themselves. Dhammas do not differ, yet the deluded desire and cling. To seek the mind with the mind, is that not great error? In delusion, chaos and stillness arise. In enlightenment, there is no desire and aversion. The duality of all things comes from false discrimination. Dreams, illusions, like flowers in the sky, how can they be worth grasping? Gain and loss, right and wrong. Abandon these at once. If your eyes are open, dreams will naturally cease. If the mind makes no distinctions, all dhammas are of one suchness. In the profound essence of this suchness, one abandons all conditions. Beholding the myriad dhammas in their entirety, things return to their natural state. As all grounds for distinction vanish, nothing can be compared or described. When what is still moves, there is no motion. When what is moving stops, there is no stillness. Since two cannot be established, how can there be one? Reaching the ultimate, rules and measures are non-existent. Achieving the mind, a mind of impartiality, all striving comes to an end. Doubts are completely cleared in right faith of mind, he said straight, nothing to linger upon, nothing to remember, clear, empty, and self-illuminating, the mind exerts no effort. This is beyond the sphere of thought, which reason and feeling cannot fathom. In the Dharma realm of true suchness, there is neither self nor others. To reach accord with this at once, just practice non-duality. Non-duality embodies all things. All things are inseparable. The wise everywhere, all follow this teaching. The way transcends time and space. One thought for 10,000 years. Be nowhere yet everywhere. All places are right before your eyes. The smallest is the same as the largest in the realm free of delusions. The largest is the same as the smallest. No boundaries or marks can be seen. Existence is precisely non-existence. Non-existence is precisely existence. If you cannot realize this, then you should change your ways. One is everything. Everything is one. If you realize this, why worry about not reaching perfection?
trust in the non-duality of mind. Non-duality results from trust in mind. Beyond words or speech, it is neither past, present, or future. It's quite long, but all this does not go beyond Oshi, yes, Master. So let's open it up in a semi-formal mondo. And it's not so much an open discussion as asking a question, raising a point, in relation to entering the fresh and the new, cutting off all tracks, burning it out completely. Is it possible for you? How are you entering the fresh? Why don't we do it by raising a hand in one speak? <clears throat> or by me pointing at you. So starting in you, we usually start out with a resolution of things that we wanted to accomplish this year and maybe got some things that may have gotten away from us, uh, life have gotten in the way and you know we attended to and prioritized and made lists and checked off a couple of things but not really you know everything. There might have been some regrets of uh, time that wasn't used wisely uh, frustration of, uh, you know, life getting in the way. But the good thing is that um, we have this place, you know, to come here and focus and help us to uh, deal with those frustrations and deal with that guilt and uh, helping us to, you know, just balance life a little bit and everything else. I have a few things that I want to accomplish this coming year, but mostly just focus on uh, on staying healthy and uh, deepening my practice in the spiritual sense, you know, um, read more books and um, sit more consistently. But um, there's some personal things that I'd like to address. How do you cut through all this is the question. So how do I cut through it? Um, I guess I just take care of what needs to be taken care of at the moment. And, and you know, I'm not attached so much more of a story to it. What does it mean? If, um, 
something comes up, you look at it and you, know, you deal with it and uh, just let it go. Whatever I can work with, I work with it. If I can't work with it, I let it go. Major. Yes. What does that mean? Not what the translation does. What does it mean when your name is being called? means I'm being called. I answer when I'm being called. Do you have to answer? Yes. How do you answer? How do you respond? Um, say yes. What's missing there? You say I have things to accomplish that I have not accomplished last year, this year, next year. I'm going to take it with me and then drag it to next year. Watch out. There. Just that. Cut it. What's missing when your name is being called out? What's missing when you answer? Nothing is missing right now. So you're good to go. All right. I think I'm going to... All right. Click Ring. That was the alarm in the morning. The, the alarm. alarm in the morning. Okay. Well, you showed up, so it worked. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The alarm in the morning. What happens when the alarm, when you hear the alarm in the morning? Well, it's, it's a call. It's a wake-up call again. It wakes up the mind, too, the thinking mind, doesn't mm. it? Yep. Yeah. And it's an opportunity of a lot of noise to mm. happen and a lot of what I'm doing. Yeah. So, wake up. Raise the volume. Oh, <laughs> so, so yeah, it's a, I don't know, it's a lot of, uh, of that. I mean, it's, it's, it's the opportunity of mind to start pondering why and making it heavy again. And it's an opportunity also to just not make it heavy. And just, like I was doing, standing up and go. Okay, so the Buddha said we should know how to be satisfied, right? Mm -hmm. What does that mean when you wake up in the morning, 5 o'clock? And you got to go to the brewery to yep. spend the whole day there yep. and work. It means to not ponder that because it's not happening. What's going on now is waking up and getting out of bed. That's what's going on. It's one. It's only one. It's only one instant. It's only one step. There is no going to the brewery. There is no five a.m. You know, these are great words. I mean, and I, and I brought up Saint Tan's, uh, you know, trust in mind uh, for that reason. Those are amazing words. But how do we swallow those words? How do we embody them? How do we make it our own? Because. When you wake up at 5 o'clock in the morning, Saint Sun is not going to hold your hand. Well, he is, but you may not realize that. Uh -huh. 
right? So at that moment, all this is meaningless, or not? I don't know, right? All all this can be meaningless or can be very meaningful if, at that instant, you snap out, you wake up, you get out of bed, mm -hmm. and you and you take action. Then the thinking mind may need to catch up with you. Fine, let it. It's going to follow you. But you can be faster. Because if you get up, it has no chance. Right? Just get up. If you linger, it has <laughs> chance. And it is fed. Right? Yeah. It's absolutely right. I mean, when you find yourself doing this stuff, then you know that he has no story behind Oshin and all showed up, right? He said, yes, master. And he showed up. And the first and the second and the third, he showed up as empty. As empty. Because how do you pile load on a cloud? How? This is what we do. We pile a lot of crap on a cloud. We can't when we do it. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, when the alarm sounds in the morning, you get up. It's good. Right. Mm. Okay. Make some mate. Right. Yeah, that's what I did. Good. <laughs> <laughs> regret of all to not, not being present, right? But that regret can be addressed right now. Right. Yeah. Any given moment that regret can be addressed. That's right. Because we look back and well I missed this because I was not present, I missed this or that. But then 
the moment you realize and recognize that you can rectify it. Right, right. Not, not what was, but you can rectify it right now. And okay, well, I missed that, but I'm not going to miss this. Right, exactly. Right, right, right. Right? Right, right, exactly. Right. So it's not about Kyoto, it's about Wyckoff. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. So you don't have to tell us about Kyoto, you're telling us about Kyoto by right. being in Wyckoff. Talk. Um, yeah. You want a little bit more time? Or? Thinking, the easier my life is. 
Let me ask you this. I mean, you said the practice of being the president. Maybe we should change it to the practice of being naked because I think it's better. Being president is a little too. Yeah. But uh, being naked. Now, without getting into the details, I know you have to go to talk to your bosses about some things, and the details are not as important. Mm -hmm. But the, the question how can you go to speak with your bosses naked? without what you say, I bring into it my expectations or preconceived notions or ideas and also past issues that we keep dragging with us. So we may want to talk to, you know, we may want to begin a fresh new conversation with a new boss, for example, but we can't help dragging the old boss and then the boss before that into this conversation. And what we do is we put a mask and a hat and a badge on the person in front of us. We tell them, let's go on the stage. Here's what, here's your script, here's my script, let's play along. So now what we're doing is reenacting the same story over and over again for decades. Year after year, we keep doing the same things, thinking, well, this is a brand new year. Well, maybe, but I'm stale. And I'm playing on the same stage with different people. Right? And then that's what happens. So, so to be naked is to not drag, is to, to have the courage to walk into the room with nothing on. And that means no preconceived ideas too about what I what will happen, also about what I bring with me. You know, no, none of those. Mm -hmm. Not looking back, not looking forward. Justice. Because that's what happened. You know, when Ocean came in, yes, Master. That's it. It's clean, it's clear, mm -hmm. it's healthy. Right? It's healthy. Yeah. Because nothing, there's no conflict there. There's no room for conflict. There's no food for conflict. There's nothing there. So how do you do that? That's the question. Because what's important in this is not to talk about how wonderful the practice is, because that's bullshit. What the practice means for you, how do you practice, is most important. Otherwise, we can read about the practice. Right. I was just talking to Taishi, you know, it's better that we take the book, maybe more effective if we take it and we hit ourselves in the head with it <laughs> rather than read it. <laughs> you know, the book leaf record is good, it's big. Yeah. <laughs> Hurts more. <laughs> so, how do you do that? I don't know. Um, I, I really just think uh, it, it takes. constant shedding of of you know everything that you carry around. Okay. Maybe one breath. Maybe take a deep breath. I mean it's not I'm not saying it's a cliche. Yeah. I mean, we use it but right. Just take a deep breath. Look outside at the window for a second. Maybe that. I, I find one of the things that works for me is, is to just is to just put yourself in a, into a situation and see what happens. You know, um, I've been doing a lot of that lately. So yeah, without any, again, without any of that preconceived notion. It's mm -hmm. just, okay, well, this is what's happening, and mm -hmm. here I am, and now let's, let's see what happens. Let's see who says what, and... Yep. and to become interested. Yeah, and, and I think that goes back to, you know, again, a deep part of our practice, which is just trusting, which is just putting it out there and, okay, and see who gets mad, and see who's okay with it, and, uh, you know, mm -hmm. see how the rest of the world reacts. <laughs> um, and then, and, and, you know, um, you take it all in and you, you take the next breath. 
Also, I don't want to regret this later on. I don't want to regret not being present. I don't want to regret missing out. Because I will. Right? Maybe next year, 10 minutes from now, I will regret not being present. Not taking it all in. Which means, maybe I can take it in. Maybe we should look at the future as I don't want to later on regret this and then this comes to life. I understand that. I'm a big part of what I'm going through right now. Okay. <laughs> so yeah, it right. makes, makes a lot of sense. So when you talk with your boss or bosses, walking with nothing on, and see what happens. Mm -hmm. See what they say. See what you say. Maybe don't know. Maybe it's better to not know. Well, I have an idea of what I'm going to say, but I may or may not say it in this way. Right? Right. Maybe. Maybe it won't be appropriate. Maybe I want to say everything. Maybe they'll just give me everything I want. <laughs> I mean, it's a possibility. You know, maybe they'll say, oh, no, don't worry about it. You know, we know exactly what you need and we got you covered. Yeah. Maybe. Right? You can say, thank you very much. And Walk out. Thank you. Thank you. How's your voice? Not better, I think. Yeah. I don't know. It feels the same, actually. Um, but the tea is very good. Um, so, uh, I end up feeling this as um, enlightenment, you know? What is enlightenment? All right. And I, oh, I think about it as, um, as making yourself lighter. Because I think the problem going into a new year is you've, you've made so many attachments, so many attachments to what you've done and what's happened and you're stuck in it and it's, it's miring you down and you just want to let it all go. And you think by making a new year's resolution, it's gonna, it's, that's gonna help me let it all go. Um, instead of realizing that, that it's light, actually, and we make it heavy. We make it so heavy with a burden of self. You know, so, so much, it's, you know, that inner, inner attorney, you know, who, who wants to make sure that you get justice and you, it makes everything heavy, you know. I can get you a settlement, you can stay in bed for five minutes, you know. Or um, you can, uh, that, that person's not gonna talk to you like that. You know, let, let's see what we can do about that. You know, so there's always this conflict, right? Because we're attaching to what we need, what we think we need, what we think we want, what we think our goals are. And um, we're not giving it the lightness that it needs. You know, we're not giving it the, uh, it's, it's really very easy. It doesn't seem easy, but it's really very easy. Um, to, it's just, you know, your, your, your boss calls your name, you know, and you went down, no more, okay, I go back up, I get called a million times, it's, it's the same thing, a million is one, you know, if they need me, they need me, if they don't, they don't, and it's really very easy, it's really very light, there's no heaviness to it other than what we attach to it, and, um, I'm not saying that I'm able to do this all the time because I, I, I work with um, 
autistic children, their, their memories are very, um, are very poor. You know, that's one of the main things that we work on is, is remembering. You no, know, remember yesterday was Thursday, you know? And you think everything we take for granted, you know? We, we remember what year it is and what day something happened to us, you know? And these kids don't remember from day to day sometimes. So, you know, they, um, there's this one kid, Ethan, who, who is constantly asking what time is lunch, right? And I guess it's the same thing as the master calling, the attendant, you know? Every day at the same time, um, 11 o'clock, is Yvonne, is it time for lunch? And I'm like, it's not time for lunch yet, it lunches at 11.40, and then five minutes later, is Yvonne, is it time for lunch? <laughs> so he'll ask me this maybe five or six times. And it is everything I can do sometimes. I just feel like, I just told you this, you know, <laughs> what's wrong with you? But it's what I attach to it, you know. I have to tell him again, really, to can't he just remember? And then I, and then I have this, um, this thing, this, this, uh, you know, there, there are times when I get frustrated with him and then there are times when I'm just like, oh, I'll just answer it again. It's no big deal. I pretend it's the first time he asked me. And he tells me, um, thank you. Thank you for telling me, because schedule is very important to them. But um, very light. It really is very light. It's what I attach to it. You know, oh, I have to tell them again, but there is no again. You know? And so I look at him and I, and I say, not, not yet. You know? 20 more minutes. 15, 10, 5. <laughs> 5 seconds. Um, <laughs> and it's okay. Um, it's really very easy to just turn to him and say, you know, all of it is, not yet. Saint Son said, let go of love and hate and everywhere you are with the world, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. What does that mean for you? Let go of love and hate and everywhere you are with the world. You're not picking what happens. How does this apply you know, to what you're saying? Oh, love and hate. Loving or hating. To what you experience, I should say. A loving or hating what he's asking me or how I feel. Uh, being attached to how I feel about what he's asking me. Um, the impatience that I feel sometimes. How does it apply to your practice? Um, no thought about that. Okay. I, I let, the, let the, like I was saying, the inner attorney talks, you know. I let that talk. There's no way no thought is going to come. The more you think and talk, the more you go straight. It just it gets farther and farther away from like what the actual thing is that's happening. The situation is that he's asking me what time is lunch, and and the answer is not yet, or at eleven forty, or whatever I can do for him. You know, but it's what people need from you. It's not what you need from yourself. You know what I mean? It's like um, you're that's that's complete self interest is to be attached to that. If, I, if, I'm, if somebody calls me my name the first time, I don't have a problem with it. And I get attached to whether or not they're gonna ask me the second time, the third time. I get attached to that, that's complete self-interest. It's, it's like, well, what about me? No, he's bothering me. But who is, who is any, who's bothering anybody? You know, really. Who's bothering anybody? Nobody's bothering anybody. Yeah, I'll let it go.
and doing for others. And that's, I, that, that strikes me also in the attendant when he's just there. Okay, you need me, I'm here. You don't need me? Okay, I'll go. You know, being there for the situation, being there for, there for the moment, in spite of the, the, the million thoughts of, like, getting up in the morning, oh, I have to go, I'm so tired. You know, five more minutes, you know? Or um, this person's asking this question again, why? You know, that's self-interest. That's my take. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Yeah, that. Dr. Raising the hand, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> that made me have some thoughts because I, I also struggle, I think, with being patient when I'm speaking with other people. Like sometimes, because my mind moves quickly, like I don't want to take the time to explain the backstory or like say things in a way that would make it more understandable from the other person's perspective. And we raised the bottle. Oh, okay. Thank you. So <laughs> I think for me, I think being patient is a really good um, practice. And what I was just thinking that what if we could have each conversation as if it were the first conversation with that person and also the last conversation? Like, isn't it? It is, yeah. I mean, what if we, isn't it, right? I think what we're doing is the opposite. We're doing the opposite. We yeah. are making it as if it's not the first, because then we count. We, we count. We count. One, two, three, four, five, see, oh, yeah, that again. And then, of course, something starts to develop, build up, accumulate. But what is, this is the question, what is accumulating? I mean, for you, what is accumulating between this and this and this? something I, I talked about last week, last day show, about uh, the Buddha's teaching, <clears throat> when he talked about agitation through clinging and non-agitation through non-clinging. And he said that when we assign a self to what comes through the six senses, we create mental formations, become preoccupied with them, and experience restlessness and agitation. Do you remember that from last day show, right? Um, and, uh, and I think that's very important. And even now, uh, different people are speaking, right? And then watch what happens. Watch what, where the mind goes and watch the building restlessness, the building up of the restlessness. I see it. I see fidgety, hands, movement, adjustments. Why do you think it happens? This is it. Sit up straight, sit still, don't move. Why can't we do that? Because we get bored, because the mind comes and says, well, yeah, but I don't like this, I like that. Yeah, well, maybe she's right, maybe she's wrong, he's right, he's wrong. Whatever nonsense is going on in there. It's nonsense. Pure, utter nonsense. That we gulp down as if it's the most tasty thing ever. And we care about it. We care about it. Because we are afraid, terrified, to not care about what we think. 
Because if we don't care what we think, that we don't exist. That's where it's at. It's the heart of it. And the agitation is uh, a symptom. You don't deal with it. It's a, it shows you. Here is where you're at. You agitate it because you're clinging. And that's what the Buddha was talking about. If you stop clinging, you will experience less agitation. This is why we get restless. Because we know that we are off in permanent nature. But we don't want to accept it. This is the bottom line, always the bottom line. We don't want to accept it. So watch the restlessness because it shows you something. It's not, it's, it, there's no itch that needs to be scratched that moment. What there is, but it can never be scratched. There is an itch. But it's, it's an itch that will never be scratched or be satisfied. So what do we do? With that, we have to walk into the fresh and the new. And it's fresh and it's new. And that is knowing how to be satisfied. Any circumstance, any condition, even if what somebody is saying is to your likings or not to your likings, it doesn't matter. Not that people don't matter. The judgments don't matter. People matter greatly. What we think about them is not so important. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay, now we can finish your thought. Okay, so I think what I do lately is I, I'm really aware of the impermanence of my life and that sometimes startles me awake and I go, wait a second, this is, I'm only here for a short time. Yeah. And so that kind of helps all that other stuff fall away and, um, I'm sorry, that's my phone. Um, and like the other day I was waiting outside, it was really cold in mm -hmm. Boston, but I was, I found myself able to go, you know, this isn't so bad, really, it's really pretty good, this is pretty good, here mm -hmm. I am, I'm alive. I'm happy. Mm. No one's, nothing is bothering me. It's just cold. Mm. And, um, so, yeah, I think I, I do work with uh, knowing that it's very temporary and that, that keeps it fresh, I think. Mm -hmm. Keep observing the agitation the, because that can give you a lot of clues. And it can, I think it can be very helpful to follow, to not follow in a way be trapped, but to follow and to, to observe how agitation manifests in me. And how I'm justifying it too. Okay. Right? Because there's always good reasons. Because there's always an itch. It's true. Right? Yeah. And um. it has a name often. Itch. It's the him or the her or the job or whatever. That's not really the, the bottom of it. 
think, I think for me, it's all, it's all about showing up. I think that's what it's. It's just showing up. My my voice is going as well. So show up your voice. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's all about showing up. I you know, I think. Um, when we don't look at it from that, when I don't look at it from that perspective, it's so easy to fall into um, picking and choosing, right? So, so I was also in Kyoto a um, couple couple weeks ago, and it was, you know, the way that I describe it to people when I first talk about it is, oh, it was magical and it was mystical and it was wonderful. And it was. It really was for for so many for so many different reasons. Um, but when I really think, when I really like sit with it, I realize that there's really there was really nothing magical about it at all, right? I mean, what what really happened was I showed up. Like I, I showed up in one place, something happened, and. That led me to show up in another place, and something else happened, and that led me to show up in. A, but but it was just it was one showing up after another, right? And and you know that so there was nothing at the end of the day there was really nothing extraordinary about it. It was just sort of getting up and going. And and there are times where that that feels quite natural right there's there are times i think in life where where that where, where you feel like that that just happens naturally you know and then there are other times where where it doesn't like this morning right where it was like all right i, I gotta show up but that that's a different situation right foggy outside and i'm fighting the cold and i'm jet lagged and you know but 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 it's still it's still the same thing. But what's the difference? There is no difference. Yeah, but there's one difference. Well, one difference is that you're tired, and you know. No, one... no, before before wait, hold on, wait. There's one difference. You've never been to Kyoto before. Yeah. So now that. Right? How do well, you know? not. <laughs> I could be there right now. <laughs> you may have been there, but not not with his eyes. Uh, so, the fact that you've never been there before gave you a break from your mind, from your thinking mind, and you actually became more interested in what you saw than what you thought at that time when you were there. Now, this morning, what you saw was much less interesting than what you thought about everything you just said, you know, being tired, right, and the following. So, so your thoughts actually had more weight this morning than in Kyoto. In Kyoto, it was like, wow, and it was exciting. You mm -hmm. can't deny that. It was fresh, it was new. Mm. And you got a break. You got a break from your thoughts. I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure that we ever really get a break from our thoughts. Well, I don't know why, because, I mean, I was, I was in Taiwan, too. That was a totally different experience, right? Yeah. That, that, I mean, it was, I showed up there, too, and it was like, it's awful. I mean, it's all, it just felt awful, right? It just felt <laughs> awful. I was smoggy, and I was, you know, you looked at this. It's, just, it's a different experience. My, my point is it doesn't matter where you are. We bring all this stuff. We, we do bring stuff to whatever it is that's going on, right? It doesn't matter if you're here. And we do pile stuff on. You're, I mean, I, I, get, I hear what you're saying. You know, we do pile stuff on to things that, that are more familiar, that, that, that 
we're accustomed to. And there are, I think, moments in life where we are able to get a break from the mind and it does open things up in a way. I, 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 I think that's, that's true. But, but I think, you know, you know, it's just, it's like, you know, it's, it's like, it's like kinhin. At the end of the day, we put one foot in front of the other and we just keep going. It's, 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 it's what it is. You just, you just put one foot in front of the other and it doesn't matter if you step to the right or to the left or down. But let me ask you this. So what you're saying is true, but how, how can we, how does this not become robotic and mechanical and like the walking dead as you know, two rotations ago, right? You know, because that, what you just said, is very true, but it's true in both ways. It can wake us up, or put us and to it sleep. can put us to sleep in a very robotic, day after day, year after year, same job, same uh, spouse, same yeah. whatever, right? Yeah. Same clothes. Yeah. yeah. And, and so, where is, right there, where is the difference for you? It, it's in awareness. It's in, it's in, it's in, like, you, you say coming here. You say coming here this morning. You, you know, you come here a lot, right? Yeah. So you get up at the same time to come here. You get on the same train to come here, right? Right. And and that is already. I mean, you can have mechanical. Oh, yeah. Feeling. But anything. But you can look at any any situation from either point of view, right? Well, it, for you, for you. For for me, it's 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 enlivening, right? It's it's you know, or at least it can be, right? You know, it's it's for for me, it's. You kind of you you experience. I experience the the the, the trip. It's it's a new. It's the same trip, but a different journey every so, time. So tell us about the trip of this morning. You couldn't smell much because you know this stuff. I know. I know. <laughs> you know the, the the trip this morning was was you know brutal. It was brutal. It was you know it was like. Right, I mean, it's brutal. <laughs> I mean, it's like, and I was, and, and it was. Where the hell is Shokan? How come he's not, you know, yeah. you know, here Sorry with me, right? right, to help, right? And you know what I mean? It's, it's just it's support, man. You know, you know he's gonna hear that. I know. Are you recording it? <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Did you hear that, Shokan? Wait, 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 wait. Is here, <laughs> 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 yeah, I mean, you know, and it's, I, I, that's the only way to describe it. The only way to, to, to experience it is to describe it the way it, it is, right? I mean, yeah. so I took to Dayquil, you know, this morning, and I had some, what's that? Still alive. Ah, I don't know how to say it, but that's, but that is it. I mean, that, that, that's the way it felt. And, and, and. Getting close to the way it felt made it come alive. In, well, in, but you know, excruciating or whatever, however you describe yeah. it, that could be awakening too. You know, we, we don't always awaken to flowers, we awaken to shit too. Right. You, you know, I mean, we want to awaken to flowers. Right. Yeah. No, right. But, but, you know, so when you go to Taiwan, right. you awaken to shit. You know, right, exactly. Right. I mean, you know, not to. Not that we are prejudiced against Taiwan. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> but, uh, but obviously, you know, preference. Preferences wise, right? You prefer uh, to be in Japan because yeah. it's cleaner and right, <laughs> right, right. Food is better, right. Right. right, exactly. But but yet, you know, Taiwan can wake you up too yeah, in yeah. the same way that this morning, the train and the stuffy nose and 
whatever else is yeah. going on, is an awakener, not less than, beyond preferences, not right. less than. Right. In the realm of preferences, well, that's a different story. Right. That's why I think it's about showing up. Yeah. Because showing up is before preferences. Okay. So showing up is good. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank <laughs> <laughs> you. All right. Uh, so, the thing that like, kind of put me down this year was like, ups and downs and sadness and happiness and stuff. But it was mostly just harsh in general with like everyone and all my friends and stuff because I didn't know how to go through <laughs> I didn't know like to go through the year because I kept getting annoyed, especially like this year I noticed. Like now to to the end I noticed I was like I kept getting annoyed, I had a lot of regrets, I wish I did that, I wish I did the other thing. Um, and then around September I decided, you know, I'm gonna go and talk to someone. So I started talking to someone. I was like, um, I wanna do this. And um, I started to realize, you know, if I don't take things personally, it, it takes me out of my body. And I just look at it, and it's, it's there. Because this guy can tell me, oh, you're doing this wrong. Or someone can be like, oh, that's a really ugly like sweater you have on. And if I don't take it personally, because maybe I don't know, like, they have something else in mind for how they, their tone is, it doesn't really have to offend me because there's nothing there to take, you know? So, I started thinking of that, and I think that's something I'm gonna have to take to, like, the new year, because it started to help me in the end to realize, you know, there's not much to do about it, it just happened, it just is. Yeah, maybe they don't like the sweatshirt, well, it's my sweatshirt. There's nothing there, you know? So, um, there was that. And the other thing was, you know, just kind of, it felt like a loop. I go, I go, I wake up, I don't know, like 5, 4, 5 in the morning, I go to school, you know, I do the same thing, I go to band, I go to all my classes, do my homework, I go to marching band, I go home, go sleep. It was all the same, and, I don't know, it was like tiring, because it's like, I want to I wanna play guitar, or I want to do this, or I want to do that, and like, that thought also was tiring, because, then it's like you're pushing away from it, right? It's like, but I wanted to do that, and you didn't. But that's what, that's what happened, you didn't do it. So I think, you know, not taking it personally to that makes it have a lot more space, because it doesn't have to be a loop. And you can just, you know, maybe you'll finish your homework, and you'll look at the time, and you'll be like, hey, I can play guitar, or I can watch that video with my brother, or, you know, I can spend time with my father, I don't know. So. I think that that was a big deal to not have that loop, not take it personally. Mm. Maybe not waiting too. Right. No waiting. Maybe this is the new year. Right. Yeah. Not not waiting for things to happen. Just kind of letting them be. It's also good. Thank you. Okay. All right. A new year. Every moment. Is a new moment. If you avoid to pick and choose, you get freedom. A lot of times I found out, or at least I learned to take refuge in the present. And it works. Um, if the wind is outside strong and it blows your house away, you build another house. If the wind is strong outside and you build a house, you build a house. 
but eventually you're going to try to build a house maybe differently, or you're going to move it somewhere else, or you're going to build a stronger house so the wind doesn't take it down. What I'm saying this is that sometimes you bend with the wind, but sometimes you don't bend with the wind. And I guess it's just a question of moment. Sometimes you have to be hit, and hit with a 2x4 over the head to realize I'm here, I'm present, it's great. Versus the grass across the street is green. Well, how do you go into the new year? You know, you're dealing right now with your dad, right? You know, things are getting uh, worse, right? With so. his uh, health and situation. So, and, you know, it's, yeah, you wake up in the morning, you don't know how the day is going to turn out, that, you don't know what's going to happen with this. That is correct, sometimes. So you go and you visit him, and there is the inevitable. Yeah, I go there, and it's like, stuff. Yeah. But I go outside, I can't take that with me. I have to live with that. And I have to function. Well, how do you go outside? So you go outside. How do you come in to visit your dad? How do you go outside of that place? I just go. What What do you drag with you? Is the question. I don't drag anything. Or is it I'm trying to leave everything behind? Because you have to be our teacher. In that case, <laughs> <laughs> if that's the case, then it's not easy. But if you stay present, um, there's no language. There are just a lot of if, but do. Yes. This yes. is true. If is very true. But do you is the question. Because yes. can you avoid leaving tracks? Can you avoid dragging things with you? You say I don't, but that's a that's a big statement. <laughs> you know, I mean that's a very nice statement for a book. <laughs> no. But you know it's not real. No, I I, I, I mean when I say I take the future present, it's what it is and it leaves everything behind without having to, to get stuck. Because if you're stuck, you, you're not present anymore. You're not there. And you have to drive, you have to eat, you have to interact with other people, whatever you have to do. When we get stuck. <laughs> we get stuck, we get you stuck know, we get, I think, you know, right. that for quite a while, we get glimpses of not being stuck, but we get mostly stuck. And maybe after some time, that changes for a little bit, you know, a little bit of it, and then, we get, you know, and those glimpses become bigger and bigger. Yeah, you can look outside and look at the rain, and for a split second, you may actually get a break from your thoughts. But then, the more you think and speak, the more you go astray, it becomes more relevant, doesn't it? Because we think and talk a lot. And then we get lost, and we go astray. And we fall in the trap. Maybe we should admit it first, no? You know, those words are, you know, they're very true, but they're also very challenging to experience. Yeah. You know, as true as they are, the Dharma is, it doesn't really care, you know, I mean, it's very true. You get it, you get it, you don't get it, you don't get it. You live by that, great. You don't live by that, that's great. Not for you, but... <laughs> But it's great in terms of dogma, in terms of invaluable law. You know, 
rain comes, rain comes. Right? You have umbrella, great. You don't have umbrella, it's fine, you get wet. So, it doesn't spare you. No, there's no spirit. Okay. There is suffering. Right. Okay. So I think with that uh, we will conclude. And entering, look, we have to, uh, we have to recognize that we are entering every moment, entering the fresh and the new with a huge baggage of the old and the stale. And with that baggage, there are also fears of what if, what is going to happen, you know, what's next, you know, what is the next disaster, will I survive it? And so between the, the baggage and the fears, it gets quite tricky and quite challenging to see, to experience, and to allow the fresh and the new to enter us. And that's the challenge. This is why practice is, is endless. It's inexhaustible. I was talking to somebody and uh, a few weeks ago I mentioned that we can be practicing for very diligently for a lifetime and, and die not having it exhausted or not exhausting the, the practice of Dhamma. And I was talking to somebody and she said, I thought that that's, that's a great statement. She said she felt very relieved actually. Which it's very good because many people may feel very uh, unhappy about that statement because we want to achieve something, we want to arrive somewhere, we want to uh, graduate. But we're not graduating. We just move along. And as we move along, we, we do our best to, to wake up a little bit more to get those glimpses to become bigger and bigger and to appreciate. To appreciate more the fresh and the new than what we drag along with us into that. So, Keiji said, show up. And that's a good way to end that, show up, right? Mm -hmm. So we're going to show up. Not just here, we're going to show up to the fresh and the new. And then see what happens. Be curious.